Welcome to Going Back, 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 another mini-sode coming at you. Today we're talking Philly spring training. Let's go Phils. Let's Woo. go Phils. It is an exciting, I think very exciting year to be a Phillies fan. After last year, and just how awesome that run was. I mean, dancing on my own still just gives me the ultimate chills. I'm just getting chills right now thinking about it. Yeah, like, it was incredible. The, the Bryce Harper home run against oh the Padres in Game 5, that shot to left field. The, you could just like see everything shaking, like... My body is just chills thinking of it, just like imagining it in my head. And I was very fortunate enough to be at Game 1 of the World Series. My wife and I, we had planned a trip back to um, to go down Texas back oh, around yeah. this time this time last year. And we originally were like, oh, let's go in September, like early, mid-September. And then we're looking at the weather for Texas in Austin. It's like 95 degrees every day still. So we're like, eh, well, we can deal with that here in Philly. We don't need to necessarily go down to Austin and do that too. So as we go late October, we choose the dates for, like, all right, it's at least going to be warmer, get away from the cooler weather up here, enjoy the warm weather down there. Week before, we're like, all right, you know, it's that Sunday, the Phillies win the World Series, or not the NLCS, excuse me, I wish they won the World Series. I know, right? Uh, Jeez. (laughs) And then it's like, all right, well, if the Astros win, game one's going to be while we're down there. Game two's going to be while we're down there, too. So it's like, wow. And then... I'm looking at prices of tickets for the Phillies here in in Philadelphia, and it's like twelve hundred dollars for standing room only. I'm like, oh <laughs> my yeah, man, bro. I, I really don't want to shell out twelve hundred dollars for a World Series game. No. So I look at Game One on StubHub, and it's like four fifty for actual seats. I'm like, wow, this it just makes too much sense. Yeah. So we get down to Austin Tuesday. Haven't bought the tickets yet. Wednesday comes along, still no. They actually go up in price. I'm like, yeah. Now I'm like, yeah. Do I buy it? Do I not? Friday morning comes along. I pull the trigger. I'm like, all right, we're doing it. Drive to Houston that day. Three-hour drive from Austin. Sitting there, third inning. Kyle Tucker hits the second home run. We're down 5 nothing. I'm like, wow, it's going to be a really long drive home. Next thing you know, Phillies put up five runs in the next two innings. Oh, yeah. I remember texting you during this. and just <laughs> It was an incredible game. And shout out to the people of Houston. They're very nice people. People are like welcoming me. Like I had my Bryce Harper powder blue jersey on. So it's like, obviously I'm a Phillies fan there. They're like welcoming me. One guy, he's like, oh, I'm getting pictures with all the Phillies fans. I see you care if I take a picture with you. I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? Whatever. I'm probably up in some like wall somewhere, but whatever. Um, <laughs> hopefully not. But hey, well, the thing is, it the was thing, a great time. The thing though is I think that you're, you're a Philly fan, but you're not a Philly fan. Like yeah, there's loud and obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, it. no, you're very res- you're respectful, and I remember you text like texting me like, yeah, I think we're going to the World Series, and I was like, wait, what? And then you remind me you're in Texas. I was like, okay, that makes sense. And then you kind of went MIA because you guys were doing your thing. The next thing I know, I get like a picture of you from your seats, uh, or a picture from you of you guys in, like in your seats. I'm like, no way, he actually went, and that ended up being a ridiculous game. JT hits the home run in the top of the 10th. That crazy Castellanos catch in the bottom of the ninth. Oh, yeah. It was just a wild swing of emotions the whole oh, yeah. whole game. And thankfully, they win because that three-hour drive would have been awful with a loss. But because of that, I feel like I just like pure adrenaline going through my body. There's actually a lot of Phillies fans there. Too. Sure. It was just – it was awesome. It was a great – Great time. So that leads us to where we're at today. It's just a lot of high expectations yeah. coming into the season. Well, going back to that real quick to that, that World Series real quick, because you did mention that Bryce home run. 
Um, and I have never been as intently into baseball as I was through the play. Like I, I was, I've gotten really big. The Phillies are the one team I would say that I've truly become a fan of, of the major four teams here in Philadelphia. It would be the Phillies. And then like, I would consider the union dupe go union. Um, but it would definitely be the Phillies of the major four. And I watched a lot of Phillies baseball this year because there's something cathartic about it. I love going to the stadium. You and I have been, you and I have caught quite a few games together. I love watching the game and just having it on. But even during the playoffs, my wife was actually, Abby was watching with me. And I remember sitting with her during that game, going into the eighth inning, and Bryce coming to the plate. And I, I like sat up in my seat and she like turned to me. She goes, What? And I was like, I was like, I was like, like, something's going to happen. Like something. Bryce Harper is must watch. A must watch at bat every time. Yeah. He's like the, when I was growing up being a Phillies fan, I was like Ryan Howard. Anytime he's at bat, you're going to stop what you're doing and watch. Oh yeah. Watch because you never know what's going to happen. That's exactly what Bryce has become here. Yeah. And it's, it's incredible to watch. And for him in that moment to hit that home run, it's just, gives me chills. I just, the whole body just went chills. Just unbelievable. What a moment. It was. And if, I mean, hopefully, you know, with the arm surgery, he had seemed like a bit of a Tommy John surgery because he blew out his arm last year. Yeah. Unfortunately, not going to be back until midseason. But if he never wins a World Series, I think it would be worth it in his contract just from last year, how, like, well he did in the postseason. He'll be worth every penny. Yeah, and he has been worth every – because you can't uh, – baseball is – and baseball is one sport where you – one player is never going to win you a World Series. No, you definitely gonna, need a full gonna, team. They're going to help you get there, but, yeah, you need a full team, and that's where – that's honestly that's where the Astros were better last year. They had a pr- very full roster from top to bottom, and just one of the deepest pitching staffs, if not the deepest, in Major League Baseball. That was definitely the key, in my opinion. Just their pitching staff. Yeah, I mean, they threw a no hitter against the Phillies in Game Five. That just you threw a yeah crazy. a World Series no hitter is just unreal. But coming into this all coming into this pre uh, spring training, the Phillies have made some moves and. Very happy about what they've done. I mean, yeah, I'd be remiss to say that if I said that the Phillies don't look, on paper at least, like like an actual Super Super uh, World Super Bowl. Super Bowl. World, listen, we've been talking football, like a World Series contender this year. Like last year, I thought they had a good team. They could make a run and maybe get into the playoffs, win a series. Maybe this looks like a World Series contender now. Right, you assign Trey Turner the best shortstop on the market. I didn't think we were actually going to pull that move. I didn't think so either, but everything lined up. He wanted to be back on the East Coast. He originally was playing with the Washington Nationals in his career before being traded to the Dodgers. His wife's from New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. They yeah. house down in Florida. I think that's where Trey's from. I think so, yeah. He's so, good, good friends with Bryce Harper. Good friends with Bryce Harper had, from their time together with the Nationals. Kevin Long very, was their hitting coach. He enjoyed uh, his, his coaching. Yeah, so I was going to say, much success under Kevin Long with the Nationals. Thank you. Was he teammates with Schwarber down there for the year before they were both traded that season? I want to say yes. I want to say yes, but I don't. I can't guarantee anything. Um, but Trey Turner, he's a great place to start talking about spring training because obviously he's the big signing. Like he was the big signing. But for me, going into this offseason, I mean, for all of us, there was four major shortstop prospect, uh, shortstop free agents. You had Trey Turner, Dansby Swanson, Xander Bogertz. And Carlos Correa. How about that debacle? (laughs) The Correa debacle could be a whole episode on its own. For me personally, though, I obviously didn't know 
the physical status of Carlos Correa. The only one of those three that I really was not did not want to sign to a big contract was Dansby Swanson. I would have taken Xander Bogarts. I remember watching him play in the minor leagues back growing up in, uh, in Rochester. He played for Pawtucket in the Red Sox organization. He had a really cool name, Xander Bogarts, and he turned into an amazing shortstop. So I would have been totally fine with him coming to Philly. Would have been just fine with Carlos Correa because he's had a good career. But but my I wanted Trey Turner. He's exactly what the Phillies need. Yeah, I was all in on Trey Turner from the get-go. I would have been okay with Dansby Swanson because I feel like if you sign Swanson, it then allows you to bring in maybe like a Carlos Rondon yeah, or nice. another top-tier starter who was on the market. But we might not need to. But, yeah, I mean, with Andrew Painter coming up, I mean, the kid's 19 years old. He turns 20 in, like, the middle of April. He looks like he's an absolute stud. I mean, I was reading an article on him the other day that was on The Athletic, and he's been working with the guy, Brian Kaplan, who's now – oversees the pitching um, for the Phillies and the organization, assistant pitching coach. He's been working with him down in uh, one of those academies down in Florida since he was like 14 years old. So he's really seen Painter through and through his yeah. progression as a high schooler and now into through the minors and into the hopefully major leagues this year. Yeah, and I mean, he's he's ni- what, 19 turning 20, six foot seven, I believe. Is it? Painter's 6'7"? 6'7", yeah, like 2'15". I know Abel's a pretty big kid too, but I think yeah, Painter's the real big boy. But what I'm hearing coming out of not just camp, training camp or yeah, spring training. Spring training, training camp. Yeah, Same I got to get back into baseball mode. <laughs> coming into spring training, but then also in his, his tenure in the, in the minors is that he has ace-level stuff. I mean, and like that's – I love Zach Wheeler, but I mean if we could have a true ace in this rotation – Wheeler has definitely played the part, I would say. He's been very much worth the money here in Philly. Oh, 100%. If anything, he's been underpaid. Yeah, yeah, I would actually agree with that. So, But can you imagine a one-two punch of Painter and Wheeler for a year or two? And I, I think you're almost forgetting Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola. I am for, I'm not. I just think that he could be easily bumped into a super high-quality you know, third starter, but I don't, I don't think you put Painter in as the number two starter in the rotation. No, not this year. You just bump out like a Suarez, bump Suarez. Although I love, I love me some Ranger Suarez. So do I, I think where they're positioned right now, you got Wheeler at the top, Nola. I would then start Suarez to break up all the righties. Then you got Tywin Walker to me to get Andrew Painter into the opening day lineup per se. I'm running a six man rotation. Sure. With who, for, uh, for multiple Falter? factors here. So Bailey Falters and the five, Painter six. Factor okay. number one, you want to protect Andrew Painter from the workload. He only threw, I think it's 103 innings last year. He had 103 and two-third innings well, well, I feel last like I, season. I feel like outside of Ranger Suarez, you want to protect everyone in this rotation. They're so that's, all, that's all injury-prone pitchers, and then you got the young guy. So... They also went into their longest season as pitchers, too, last year with Nola and Very Wheeler true. pitching deep into October, even to what, November, I think it was, with how late the World Series went because of the collective collective bargaining issues last year that postponed the start of the season a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it just makes sense to a whole as go with the six-man rotation for most of the year, and then when it comes time, like August or so, you dial it back to five. You've saved innings on Painter. you saved innings on Wheeler, Nola, and everyone's just fresher that time yeah. of year. So it's good. Yeah, I, I actually fully agree with you. I think the six-man rotation makes a lot of sense, and then you can kind of figure out who, which one of those two you want to be the number five, whether it is Falter or 
or Pater, just in this hypothetical, because who knows, maybe Taiwan Walker sucks or like something happens when one of the, <laughs> and somebody else gets the boot out of the rotation. I hope it's not Walker because no, I hope not either. In the offseason, that would not be a great start to his career here. But I, well, so my thing, with, my thing with Taiwan Walker is I feel like he's a name that I feel like I've heard. Part of it, I think, is just because it's unique. It's Taiwan. For sure. And he was a former first round pick. Yeah, I feel like I've heard his name. So he's been in the league for 10 years. So that makes that would make sense. He's been in the league. Uh, he made his debut August 30th of 2013 for the Mariners. Just feels like he's been in the league a while, but he's bounced around a bunch. He, he hadn't figured it out until past couple years. He's now using a more like split finger okay. as his main pitch. Sure. And he's seeing much more success with it. Cool. And that's something the Phillies have been like trending towards is really diving into what pitches work well for you and sticking and just with letting that. you ride with it. Yes, instead of trying to manipulate into hey, you know, let's let's work on this slider that we want to have you yeah. throw. They're really diving in and with Brian Kaplan leading that and Caleb Cotham, the pitching coach, it's they're diving into like the analytical stuff, looking at your spin rates, sure, those types of things, and really working on with you, working on you with those pitches to dial them in, make them even better. And making you then as a better pitcher because you're then relying on your best stuff all the time. Well, so yeah, that would be, I mean, I think ideally that that makes sense because why not throw your best stuff all the time and just make sure your best stuff is the nastiest stuff you can throw. I would rather have a pitcher that throws two pitches ridiculously well than a pitcher that throws five pitches just decently, you know? Like it's who cares if you can throw a knuckleball if you can't really throw a prop. I mean, granted, knuckleballs—that's a real. I went real off the rails on that one. But like, say you can't throw a great curveball, a basic curve, but you have an amazing a slider up with a slider well, in there. Yeah, something like that. I'll take somebody with that command, that elite, those elite traits, and just have them hammer those home. I mean, I remember watching quite a few games last year where, especially, you see that in relief a lot. I feel like you get relief pitchers that have. Just one or two pitches, and they're just all, yeah. Not even two. Sometimes just one. Look, look at what Mariano Rivera did. The cutter he relied on his cutter his whole career. Well, I think we're actually going to see that. We've talked a lot about. We've dove into the rotation a bit, but we haven't even acknowledged the fact that the bullpen has been revamped heavily. But there's a number of guys in that bullpen who are exactly that model of throw one or two pitches really well. The Phillies might have the hardest throwing bullpen in, in baseball now. I mean, Alvarado and Soto alone make that just for two flame throwing lefties i think they accounted for something like 95 percent of the 100 mile per hour pitches thrown by lefties in the league last year something absurd like that so <laughs> here's something i saw on mlb network the other day soto uh averages 98.7 on his four seam fastball uh alvarado averages 99.6 on his sinker Sir Anthony Dominguez averages 97.6 on his four seam i think he fastball. might i think Dominguez might be the best pitcher in that in that bullpen he is and then don't count out he is very up and down uh craig kimbrell he had a, a 167 opponent batting average on his curveball last well, year yes and the thing with kimbrell though is if if in the off chance he returns to what uh you know 75 percent of what he used to be good luck i mean yeah that's just ridiculous and then the nice thing now though is you have a couple you have multiple guys that are comfortable on the mound at the end of games because, I mean, as much as Kimbrel's been up and down. Yeah, all has, four of these guys have closed before. Yeah, and that's an area where the past couple of years, the Phillies do seem to be lacking is in that, like, true closer capacity. I personally think that Sir Anthony is, like, should be groomed to be a full-time closer. But I like the way they use him in that setup role, 7-8. But he also feels like if I hear his name called in the ninth, I'm like, all right, yeah, here we go. 
See, that's where baseball has shifted. It's more like you want to use your guys in those high leverage roles. So yeah. that means you're facing three, four, five with a guy on first base in the seventh inning. Sir Anthony's getting the phone call. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's where baseball's trended. And when you have these four guys though on the back end, you can mix and match when you need to. Yep. And if Sir Anthony comes in in the seventh, you then have Soto, Alvarado, Kimbrell to back him up in the eighth and ninth as needed. Sure. So that's going to be a big, big factor for the Phillies this upcoming season. And as we were just touching on, I think they're going to try to limit their starters innings because of how deep they played into the season last year. Yeah. And kind of shelter Painter as well. Sure. And I, I, you know, this is, and with the, those, the versatility of those options, I think it really plays in well to the way that Rob Thompson manages the bullpen. I know, I don't know how if everyone feels the same way I do, but I I t- tend I for the most part really like the way that Thompson manages his bullpen. No, it seems to bring the right guys in at the right time. There were a few times throughout the year where it was like, wait, why? Like there were a few times when he would call for Alvarado, and I'm like, no, 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 wrong time for him. Like you got a runner on second. This man's fastball hasn't been accurate in two weeks. Wrong time to call him. But I think for the most part, I like the way that Thompson manages the bullpen, but this gives him more flexibility. You have a combination of, you have quite a bit of veteran experience in that bullpen. And then we're, we have like Connor Brogdon. I think Connor Brogdon is going to be a really critical part of this bullpen as well that we're neglecting and people are neglecting because you brought in Soto, you brought in Kimbrell. There's new names. There's Yeah, and we're forgetting about Matt Strom too. So yep. the Red Sox on our lefty. True. So, I mean, I really like Brogdon. He has a very good fastball uh, change-up combination. Great middle reliever. He was up and down a lot the past couple of years, but in the postseason, he really shined all of a sudden yeah. and found it. I, so, think it. I think it was just a matter of probably putting it together. Um, you just have to get that confidence, and it's not something easy as a young pitcher in the game of baseball. No, not at all. And, like, uh, especially that, like, he, I feel like early on we saw him in kind of a middle relief role. And then and he then went to he, high leverage pretty quickly yeah, because he, he had success. Yes, he did go. Exactly. He went high leverage pretty quick. And he's a good example of the Phillies, of somebody the Phillies have actually developed. Their development, their player development hasn't been the greatest over the years. Like, you look at their starting lineup, and, I mean, you got Bryson Stott. Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins. And, and, and of the fielding positions. And Alec Boehm. You got Boehm as well. Yeah, three of Three of your position players are drafted. Everyone else has either been signed via free agency or traded for. Yeah, so like the that's an area the Phillies have struggled with is player development lately. Um, but I think he's been a really he's a good one, and I think he still has room to grow. He's only twenty eight. He just he just turned twenty eight a few weeks ago. Still has room to grow um, in terms of his pitching ability. I think he's already like six six. So they want room to grow uh, vertically, and you're probably not growing yeah, twenty eight. I guess you never know, but <laughs> that'd be an anomaly. Yeah. So I think that they've done a really good job of putting this, the both the staff and the bullpen together. I I'm much more excited about Taiwan Walker being like the three or four than I was about Cindergard. Like Cindergard would have like 2014. Me was thrilled about Noah Cindergard. <laughs> you know, he had to learn how to pitch. I mean, when you get Tommy John surgery, and it just I can't say I've ever had that. I pitched in high school all the way through, but like I never had arm issues, thankfully. But I can't imagine what it's like to just have that type of reconstructive surgery and then be out for a year and then be having to like rehab and get back to it. It makes you a different pitcher on the mound. You couldn't rely on that 99 just like turbo sink. Well, I was gonna say, especially when you're a flamethrower like he was, you're yeah, never going to throw like that hard again. Two with it. Yeah. So now he's like 94, 95. He has to learn how to like, you know, really work the ball, cut it, sink it have throw curveballs, whatever it was, just to be different. And yeah. It seemed like he struggled with the Angels with it. When he came to Philly, we 
the pitching staff, they really worked with him on certain pitches, and he had some success. And I'm actually excited to see what he does with the Dodgers this year. Yeah, He couldn't have gone to a better organization outside the Phillies with what the Phillies are doing with the pitching right now. Padded in L.A. The the roster on him is pretty well stuffed to hide his inconsistencies. Not even that, but they just, like, grow and develop players, like, crazy. And going to L.A. is a great fit for him. They might – I mean, no. I think the team that – there's two teams that actually develop players, I think, better than anyone, and they're the two two of the lowest payrolls in the league in Tampa and Pittsburgh. And I would say Cleveland, they have a very good pitching uh, program there, too. Cleveland definitely does. But, you know, I think it's something that the Phillies need to work on, but it looks like they're starting to hit – hit the right strides i mean but the thing is dombrowski's only been in his role for a little while now and i think under his tenure the team has really turned around quite a bit and the draft picks are looking better and granted part of that's your scouting um but i think they need to keep just keep hitting on a few of those which i mean the mlb draft is the biggest crapshoot of all the sports drafts there's yeah, I mean, there used to be what 40 rounds or so yeah i mean they've scaled it back ever since COVID. there was yeah. what five the one year that's when they took mick abel and Andrew <laughs> yeah. painter but still it's like you great dra- separate drafts and the Phillies have, it looks like they've really nailed on these picks so far, two guys out of high school. And then you add in Griff McGarry, who's, he had very big control issues at the University of Virginia, so much so they, like, kicked him to the bullpen. But now he's coming out, and he's right there in terms of, like, top prospects with yeah, Abel I could, and Painter. And I think he can, he could go one of two ways. He, he could be, a, I mean, he could end up be the starter route, or he could be a really dominant reliever. I think, I think he goes the reliever I, I route. Think he, I think so, too, because you can put full effort into shorter a shorter period which i think is an area that he would thrive in um all right but hey real quick enough about pitching we really dove into the pitching but let's talk about the real exciting part of the game the offensive side of the i'm kidding i, I love a good pitcher's battle uh, but yeah we have to talk about this offense here because obviously trey turner we did touch on but i think the reason i'm most excited about him because when you look at the the four studs uh shortstops that were out there only one of them is a true leadoff hitter and that's Trey Turner. And that's Trey Turner. And if there's one thing, I, I love me some Schwarber. I love a good Schwarbaum, but that Schwarbaum should be at least swinging out of the two hole. He should not be. I don't think he should be leading off. No, I don't think so either. I would definitely. He shouldn't Schwarber be lower. Yeah, he shouldn't be leading off, betting two hundred and leading off. No, I mean, granted, he gets a lot of walks, but he also strikes out a ton, and that just kills rallies. Yes, but also like he does draw a lot of walks, but not enough to make up for a two hundred average. Right, and I think what we what. It's what? not like he's a burner on the base path. Base not, path either. Not, but the thing is, he used to be more mobile and that so that you could put up with the batting average deficiency when he was on. So now, in my opinion, what I think you do, I'm going to give, I'm just going to throw up what I think my personal starting lineup would be or my personal batting order would be. I'm leading off with Trey Turner because he's just one of the fastest guys in the league. Great contact bat. I'm putting Schwarber right behind him because I think that bringing Schwarber to the plate, guys rally around that. And the energy, he brings a lot of energy, but also Schwarber hit 40 plus home runs last year, but so many of them were solo shots. Right. He didn't break a hundred RBIs when he almost had 50 home runs. <laughs> yeah. That's like ridiculous. Like you need to get guys on base in front of him. So personally, I think you put Schwarber in either the two or the three. And if he's not in the two, personally, I'm probably going Reese or JT at that point. Reese or JT, the whole top, top five right now is kind of the same for me. Well, top six, I guess. So I'm going Trey Turner at one. I'm going, I'll go Schwarber at two. Give me JT at three. And, or, yeah, JT at three. Let me get Bryce in the, uh, in the cleanup spot. I love getting Bryce up in the first inning in the three spot. But getting him up with two outs and no one on is not, 
Not exciting. No, I'd rather him lead off the inning and try to get things going. So give me Bryce in the four. Um, Reese in the five. And I'm going to go Bohm in the six. Then seven, eight, nine. You and Castellano, seven? Honestly, I forgot about him because he was kind of... So, no. Run this back. I'm going to put... To start the season, give me Reese in the five and Castellanos in the six hole. Because I think Castellanos can easily work his way back into five, the three, three, four, five spot. And very well, I think, could end up taking that four spot and moving Bryce up to three. Because I think with a, if we can get 2021 Nick Castellanos, I think you go Turner, Schwarber, Harper, Castellanos, and you just have a f- freaking awesome top four. And then any combo, JT, Reese. JT and Reese, I think, are kind of interchangeable. But honestly, like part of me almost wants to say Alec Bohm as well because Alec Bohm was one of our most consistent contact guys. But at 6'5", you need to be hit with some more power. Yeah, you hope that starts to like he starts to come to his own. Yeah. Now in his what fourth year in the in the league and he can start to drive the ball more and elevate it. Has he been I don't think he's been around that long yet, has I think he? 2020 was his first year. So 2020, 21, 22, yeah, 23. Cuz hmm. he was one rookie of the year he lost to Devin Williams. Yeah. The, uh, oh, he was drafted, he was drafted in 2015. So yeah, he made his he made his debut August. Okay, so he made his debut August of 2020. So like towards the end of the year. So yeah, this is his uh, 21, 22. This will be his third full year in the league. But yeah, so you are correct. So I should have like thought this through more before I said, "Hey, here's my lineup." Um, hey, keep going because it. there's a lot of pieces here. So let me let me run this back because I forgot where I was at. Turner, Schwarber, I said Real Mudo in the three. Correct. Yep. Which honestly, I like that. Four, I'm going to go with Bryce for now. I'm going to put Castellanos at five. And then we're going to go... Honestly, I'm going to go Bohm and Reese. Because honestly, Reese has been so up or down and up and down for me. But he does deliver those electrifying plays once in a while. But if you can put him in the seven hole and have a guy like him just chilling down there, I'm fine with that. Because at eight, nine, you got a combination of Stott and I'm assuming Marsh is going to be... I don't know. Is, do you think Marsh is going to be an everyday center fielder? He will. I was actually reading earlier... Um, Edmundo Sosa, they might Sosa try and out there. play him in center when it's like a lefty on the mound if Marsh doesn't start the season off well. Yeah, so that's that would be interesting. But so if it's a combination of Marsh and Stott as my last two spots there. And then you need DH too. So I think Sosa's getting a lot of playing time in the field with Bryce out. Oh, yeah. Hold or on. They might hold do on. Derek let, Hall as well. Depending, let, let, like, me, let me run this back one more time because, because Bryce isn't going to be available till July. All right, so Turner, Schwarber, Real Mudo. I'm sticking with those. Four spot without any of them is without Harper is going to be Cassianos for me. And then if you if you're DHing, I feel like Derek Hall is the move. Derek Hall played really well last yeah, year, especially against majority players. If uh, pitchers you face are right handed, yeah. And if Derek Hall's in the lineup, I'm putting him in the five spot because he was hitting. He hit well for the for the club when he was up here last year. So I'm putting Hall in the five, and then we're going boom. Uh, Boehm, Hoskins, and then I would probably go Stott, Marsh. And that's not so much that, like, I think Stott is better than Marsh. I just think I like Marsh in that nine hole to kind of kickstart the order again. Because if Marsh gets on base, he's definitely faster than Bryson. Um, So I think get... I see you're, I know you're trying to keep up with it over there, but I've changed my lineup about nine times. Yeah, I got you. So you got Turner. He's playing short. Schwarber, yep. he's in left. Yep. JT at catcher. Yep. Castellanos in right. Yep. Hall at DH. Yep. Boom at third. Reese at first. Stott at second. Marsh in center. Yeah. I like the lineup. The nice thing about this, this on paper is that there's plenty of options. There's a lot you can do. 
Yeah, without a doubt. And I think I like where your head's at with the lineup currently without Harper. Yeah, I forgot. I it, uh, I, I don't want to acknowledge that he's out half the year, but. I know, unfortunately. I mean, hopefully he seems to be a quick healer. Hopefully he's back, you know. He's a warrior. End he, of May, early June. That'd be great. I think that's the optimistic side of things. Worst case scenario, it's like all-star break, which is like mid-July is coming back. Yeah, yeah. Which even if it means he's starting off just DHing just to get his bat into the lineup and then has to rehab for another month or two. He showed last year that he's just fine doing that. Before he can get back into right field and then shifts Castellanos to the DH role permanently. Yeah. That definitely bodes well for the Phillies. Um, So I don't have much of a disagreement with your lineup, how you set it. Um, So I'm going to base my lineup off of Bryce Harper in it. Okay. Since you were kind of doing both back and forth. Yeah, I was a little all over the place. So I don't so this is what I think Rob Thompson's gonna do. This isn't necessarily what I want. So I think he's gonna do Schwarber at leadoff. And then he's gonna do Turner two. I don't like it, but I that I can see it. Harper three. See, I just like that top three in any order. Well, not any order, but because I think he wants to split up the lefty righty. That's fair. I didn't put much of any thought into this before <laughs> before I let mine fly, so Hey, it's all good. That's why we're here. Talking <laughs> talking through it. Yeah. Um, if Castellanos is back to what he is and driving in, you know, 30, 40 doubles in the year, bang over 300, I think Castellanos is, uh, in the four hole. Easily. If Castellanos can be what he was, he is without a doubt the cleanup hitter on this team. I'm then going to put JT five. I like Bohm at, at six, just cause he's like a better on base threat, but I yep. think they'll put Reese there just for the. They you do know, have a home hard, run production. And they do have a hard on for Reese. Like, the man is, he's so up and down, but, I mean, I think he just has a, such a long leash. I wouldn't put him any lower than where you're at, though, so I, I, I'm on board with that. And then from there, it's like, I guess you bat Stott and then Marsh. And that's kind of like the lineup they were running out there last year. Yeah, honestly, for in me, the playoffs. I, I, I 100% see where you're coming from, and I agree with that lineup, especially with Harper in the mix. I think that's a very good lineup. But listening to both of us go through them, there's one guy that I do wish that we would have resigned, but I think he would have been a little too, probably a little too pricey, and that's Gene Segura, because I like him in this lineup a lot more than Bryson Stott. Yeah, but, much more better of a contact hitter. Yes, I, I've always, I've been a big Gene Segura fan fan because i like his ability to put the bat on the ball he at least it, you know nobody wants to get out but if you're gonna do it at least do it putting the ball in play that's one thing that i nothing frustrates i think a lot of us nothing frustrates you more than watching a guy strike out looking yeah i've been there and it sucks crappy well, feeling that was one area that i really tried to avoid and I, so i ended up swinging it maybe maybe swung at some bad pitches but yeah, been there too. It was so worth it. Here's the lineup I would like to yeah, see. Yeah, Tom, hit us with it. So I'm going to have Turner. Oh, so, so the fir- sorry, real quick. The first one was what you think Thompson's going to do. This one's Correct. what you want to see? All yes. right. All right, cool. So I want to see Turner bat leadoff. I'm going to put Harper in the two hole. I'm going to have JT bat third, Schwarber fourth, Castellanos fifth, uh, Reese six, Bohm seven, Stott eight, Marsh nine. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. it like It feels weird to throw Bryce. And in the two hole, but I think that's just like the. He ba- just gets more at bats though. That way, I agree. I no, I I get it. I get it. I think it's the baseball purist than me, of right. where like you should be batting three you put, or four. You put your, your best hitter. Yeah, your best hitter is in that three four hole, uh, three four five, 
hole. But like I, I could see, I feel like more and more. I mean, Aaron Judge hits out of the two hole a lot for New York. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Mike drop bats too. Yeah, you know, like Otani's behind so him. It makes when you look into the analytics behind it, it makes a lot of sense because they definitely do get more at bats at the top of the lineup. But if, and if so that's the case, I I f- actually do fully agree with you there. I do think a one and two of Trey Turner and Bryce Harper would be re- awesome. And then you drop Schwarber down in the lineup, get some more people on base. Those home runs of forty, I can, hit I can take last I can, year. Yeah, I can take a, a 200, 220 batting average from the four hole if he's hitting forty five, fifty home runs. Yeah, and then his RBI should go from like I think he finished with ninety six RBIs, and then goes to like one ten, one twenty. Yes, and it's a big difference. Very different, but then. And, Bryce is much much more dangerous with one guy, one guy, no guys on base than Schwarber is, in my opinion, because Bryce will get on base. Bryce, not that Schwarber doesn't tr- work hard, but Har- Bryce Harper hustles, man. You would think for some guys like he's been in the league a lot, quite a long time at this point, yeah, and like for his age and a, a lot stud of those guys, coming out of yeah. high school, number one draft pick, all the hype surrounding him, gets a three hundred thirty million dollar contract, doesn't pack yeah. it in, he's still running it out every single time playing through a torn Plays hard, UCL injury all last year. Like most guys, I mean, they probably just like, yeah, let me get the surgery. I'll be done for the year and I'll come back healthy next year. He said, now nah, yeah. I'm going to play. And he went out and produced. And then he gets the thumb injury. Unfortunately, you know, mm-hmm. midway through the year, misses a month or two. I think it was closer to two, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Comes back in like late August. First at bat gets a base hit, knocks in yep. some runs. Yep. And then just goes absolute bananas in the postseason. I say, he was on a tear from kind of the time he came back. Well, he struggled at first when yeah. he first came back. Oh, yeah, true, true. He didn't have any power in his in his swing because of the yeah. thumb injury. And then it finally he was, I guess, healthier with that. In the postseason, he just absolutely takes off and just memorable moment after memorable moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, I think this will be interesting this year because they did make some of those rule changes with the shift and stuff. Personally, I hate the shift. I don't think it's tradition. I don't think it's 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 not traditional to baseball. It's not. I'm definitely a purist when it comes to certain parts of the game. And for me, feel free to disagree. But for me, I just I don't like the shift. Like because it takes away the amazing plays of a shortstop diving to stop a ball up the middle and yeah, going having to, to make the throw. Yeah, like that Jeter throw that you're so used to seeing, where he yeah, jumps and throws the jump it. throw and stuff like that. And it, it takes away. A lot of the excitement of the game, which I think, like, we're in an era where they're trying to find ways to make baseball more watchable for people that aren't in love with it the way we are. And I think one of those things is the shift because it's, yes, I 100% understand that if you know a guy's going to pull it to right field 99, 98% of the time, of course it makes sense to stay all your fielders over there. But at the same time, like, it's such a boring product at that point. And then you get the people are like, well, they're paid tens of millions of dollars to do this. They should learn to hit it the other way. All right, dude, get up there and try to put a 98 mile an hour fastball the other, the other direction on purpose. Hands. Yeah. So like, I don't want to hear anyone say that baseball, in my opinion, probably is the most like technically difficult sport of any of the major sports because like you, you, you can pick any athlete, pick a basketball player to try and go hit a 98 mile an hour fastball. Yeah. They're going to look silly. Put no. a baseball player on a basketball like, court and they'll fit right in. Yeah. Put a baseball player on a basketball court. He'll score a few points. Maybe get a few boards. Um, he won't I, make a fool of himself at least. I think ho- I put hockey kind of on the same level because obviously the skating For sure. and stuff. Uh, is, hockey is its own beast. But so like, if you look at like the three I'd say there's like there are four major sports teams. I'd say there's truly three. Like the NHL doesn't get the love it deserves from the general public. It's baseball, football, and basketball. Those are the three major American sports. And 
I think you take a basketball player, you put him on a football field, he does fine. You take a football player, put him on a basketball court, he does fine. You take any of those and put them on a baseball field, unless their name is Deion Sanders or Bo Jackson, especially at the MLB level. I'm talking. Like, I'm not talking. Anyone can hit a 50-mile, 60-mile-an-hour pitch in senior league. You were the slow-pitch softball? Yeah, dude. Oh, okay. I don't know about that. We played some slow-pitch together. There were some people that could not hit that ball. Yeah, that's true, but they're, you know, they're <laughs> professional athletes. You think yeah, be, no, exactly. Do so. so I think I hate the argument of, oh, just learn to hit it the other way. Most of you couldn't hit the other way in, like against bad pitching. I mean, I get the argument to hit it the other way. You really should be able to, but with just how the game has advanced with the pitchers these days, it was very uncommon for someone to be throwing 95 to 100 on a regular basis. Now it seems like every guy that is in the MLB, especially coming out of the bullpen, they're touching more like 97 to 102 on a consistent basis. And the thing is, those pitches nowadays, nowadays even, they're moving too. Yeah, it's not like, just straight forcing fastballs. Yeah. Like I was touching on Alvarado, he's throwing ninety nine mile an hour sinkers at you. <laughs> yeah, so Good now luck. he's coming at you at almost hundred plus because he ha- he gets in that hundred range. That's dropping on you. And the thing is, I think what people don't realize watching the game is it might not look like much is happening when that ball crosses the plate. But when you slow it down and watch where it went from six feet from the plate to crossing the plate, and that ball drops twenty inches going 100 miles an hour, and you tell me, oh, yeah, go the opposite way with that. It's like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, let me just close my eyes and swing and hope for the best. That's what I feel like that's what most of them are doing anyway at that speed. I mean, I remember, I remember playing these guys that were throwing in the mid to, uh, like mid to high 80s, and they're throwing gas. And, man, I, could, I thought I could hit the ball. But you got all these armchair managers that are like, oh, yeah, go the opposite field. But I digress. Um, the Phillies, since that's exactly who we're talking about, Definitely, there's a lot of, for me, a lot of excitement. Like I'm, ready, I'm excited to get down to Citizens Bank, catch a few games, catch them on, on NBC Sports around here. Um, so, one, one thing I do want to see before the season gets started, um, I would love to see the Phillies trade for Corbin Burns. Yes. So, Corbin, I don't know if any of you have seen this, but Corbin Burns went to arbitration with the Brewers over his upcoming salary as he's um, looking to get a raise for how he's done so far. And... The Brewers more or less said, we didn't make the playoffs last year because of you. And the guy's been one of the better pitchers in baseball for the past two to three years. So for an organization to come out and say that about you as they're Unbelievable. trying to not pay you as much is just really, truly disrespectful, honestly. A- it's asinine, dude. And it's just unbelievable. If you go and watch the video of Corbin talking about it, he looks like just defeated. Like he doesn't want to be there anymore. So Dombrowski, like you have the perfect opportunity. He's one to of Philly. the top, top three pitchers in the game right now. You unload McAbel, you unload Griff McGarry, unload Johan Rojas, give them whoever else they want to besides Andrew you're, Painter. You're giving and them go the farm? In. I'm doing it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you're trying to win that World Series, do it. A front line of Wheeler, Nola, Burns, followed by Suarez, Painter. Like, good luck. Disgusting. Plus the bullpen they got Disgusting. in well, that thing All is- of the hitters, they're in the prime of their careers getting towards the end of their prime. It's it's the time to do it. Honestly, I think if you bring Burns in, that bumps Suarez to the bullpen as like a long reliever type. Because I, I would still keep him in the rotation as like your I, five. I like him in the rotation, but like, do you bump Painter? To, so what? Well, Walker goes to the bullpen, or yeah, you just don't, or you I go to a six man rotation? Six man rotation. We Burns talk, is used yeah, to that yeah. in Milwaukee because Milwaukee they've they've had a lot of younger pitchers the past couple of years, including Burns with Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, Aaron Ashby. Um, so it's just like. True. He's used to that six-man rotation All there right. as well. So point. if 
you're Dombrowski in the Phillies if you're going to go all in most of the time. Do it. Yeah, I agree because you have – it's going to get harder. I mean, you, you just signed Turner to a major deal. You got Bryce on a major deal. You got and Castellanos Bryce, on a major deal. Bryce is on a very team-friendly contract. Yeah, all he's things paying, considered, yeah. He's getting paid $26 million a year. I know. <laughs> Obviously, Brian and I, we would love to be oh getting paid twenty six million. Dude, a year. I'll take a fraction of that thing. But you. when you see what all these other guys are getting paid, all of a sudden, like Manny Machado is saying he's going to opt out next year after this year, I should say, with the Padres because he has that opt out. If I was the Padres, I'm I'm trading him. Yeah, I, I don't know if you can trade. I mean, maybe you play Tatis at third. Then I I don't care what you're doing. If you if he's telling you, hey, I'm leaving. He's not he's not saying he's leaving. He's just saying he wants to opt out and get a better contract. I mean, are they? If, I guess that's it. They're willing to pay it, which the Padres have shown that they are willing to throw money around. Yeah, they've spent a lot this offseason. They're willing to just burn every dollar they got to to bring guys in. But um, oh, one other one. I mean, Corbin Burns, I think would be amazing. I uh, just a, such an awesome pickup, and I think he would be playing with a chip on his shoulder, pitching with a chip on his shoulder too, which would just be. Oh, can you imagine he comes to Philly and helps us helps us win a World Series and just like I'll buy Corbin Burns jersey. Yeah, dude. Once I trade for him. And I'll I'll got myself a Trey Turner shirt. Pumped to wear that down the, oh, the bank yeah. this year. I got to I got to get me some new Phillies gear. All I, all I have is, I mean, granted, it's timeless, but I have a Mike Schmidt. But now that I mean, I've committed myself to Phillies fandom at this point. I think it's time to add to the collection. I mean, you can never go wrong with a Schmidt jersey. You'll never no, get no, weird I mean, looks wearing no. a Schmidt jersey. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful Michelin ness of the uh, the maroon and gray. I, I love it. Um, but one thing that I I'm actually a big fan of, and I, it doesn't I don't know if it's going to translate to much of anything, is bringing in Josh Harrison. Utility player. I mean, he's been around the league for a long time, but I went to school outside of Pittsburgh, went to college outside of Pittsburgh. Back in those few years with the Pirates, had like a couple of really like decent yeah, years. So he was really good. Yeah, and he was he was a major part of that. Same with why I'm a big McCutcheon, a big Kutch fan. Is uh, those are big players at the time, and I've ever since been a big Josh Harrison fan, and I think he what he brings to the table is just energy and just a good guy to like. I would much rather see him on the field, I feel like, than some of the random utility bench guys that we've seen the past few years. Yeah, I mean, you lose Matt Veerling and Nick Maton, who are both good contributors, bench guys at best, like 4A players not suited for everyday roles in the Gregory Soto trade to the Tigers. Yeah, worth it. And I think worth it. I like both of them, but I think it was worth it in the trade. Yeah, I mean, you, we saw what the Phillies did with Jose Alvarado and fixing him. That guy was in AAA last year at one point because he struggled with his command. They tweak a couple things with the mechanics, comes back up, and he just lights out for the rest of the year and was just absolutely dominant in the postseason. He really did like come back a whole different pitcher. So it if was they can, awesome. If they can do that with Jose Alvarado, you can hone in what Gregory Soto is doing, and you only give up Matt Veerling, Nick Maton, and Donnie Sands, a AAA catcher? Yeah. Sign me up 10 times out of 10 yeah. twice on Sunday. The big complaint I've been seeing about Soto is his his control right. as well. So, so yeah. On, they fixed Alvarado. If you can fix Soto, hello. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, I just think there's a lot to be excited about here in Philadelphia. A lot to be excited about for Phillies fans. These red pinstripes are going to be looking real good this year. Uh, <laughs> I mean, granted, they don't really wear the pinstripes very often, but... I love those jerseys, though. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> they're great jerseys. Um, looking forward to. Hopefully, they're doing the uh, the the blue blue Thursdays again this year. Do you, what do you do? You like, do you like the the light blues, the powder blues? Oh yeah, I have Bryce Harper powder blue. You uh, you do, yeah, you do. Yeah, so <laughs> I just think it's a a very exciting year to be a Phillies fan. I'd love to be down in Clearwater, catch a little spring training myself. But you know, there's a 162 games after spring training to to get into and. I mean, I just uh, yeah, I can't wait. It's coming up quick. Yeah, I I haven't been this excited about a baseball season in 
Uh, maybe ever, honestly. I grew up, I grew up cheering for the Yankees, being a Western New York kid. They were New York. Um, but I don't remember being like all that excited about the actual season. It was just they were the Yankees. I'm excited just to watch the Phillies. Get down, the, get to the park, get them on TV, whatever it may be. And I just think there's a there's a lot going on. Although they did uh they did retire dancing on my own. You saw you hear that? I did see that. I think rightfully so. Yeah, rightfully so. It's a new season, new team, new guys. Like you need something. It's a second. It's a second place song. Yeah, you, you want to be better. You want to go and win the World Series. Uh, yeah, I, and uh, you know I'm hoping that, uh, you know I don't know whether or not it'll happen because nobody can predict the future, but. I'm hoping that my first uh, professional uh, world, uh, championship parade is a is a Phillies Phillies World Series parade this year because if, well I'm hoping it's the Bills but that won't be till February so next February so I'm hoping we get we can maybe get a Phillies one and get down there and and enjoy it because man this team on paper looks like one of the best in baseball yeah tough to d- disagree with you there Brian and going back to when I was down there in 08 after the World Series being at that parade it was. It was incredible. I just, it's tough to describe what it felt like. It was just, it was a great time down there with my dad and brother. Oh yeah. But it's just something, it's like, that's something you just never forget. Yeah, man. And I, I hope to one day feel that. And you know, if it's, if I, I've always hoped it would be a, a bills parade first, but if it's a Phillies parade, I, I, I think I can get into it. So, uh, you know, definitely very excited to see what the 2023 season holds. We got a we got a long season ahead of us. I'm really looking forward to it. I hope we get that prayed for you, Brian. I hope so. I hope so, Tom. Anything else you want to add before we uh, before we call it a day here on uh, Philly's spring training uh, preseason talk? No, I mean I know spring training first games this Saturday against the Tigers, if I'm not mistaken, and then you got the World Baseball Classic coming up soon. So, oh yeah, World Baseball Classic is gonna be awesome. Some big Philly Phillies names. Yeah, you got JT and Trey Turner playing for USA. I think Schwarber, Schwarber might be is as too. well. I believe Stubbs is playing for Italy, if I'm not mistaken. Suarez is, is for uh, Venezuela, and All right. I think there's one or other, one or two other guys. Bryce Harper Very committed cool. to the team, but unfortunately, he's out and can't play. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Thankfully, not. I, I shouldn't say thankfully, but none of our pitchers are actually participating in it. Besides none Suarez. of them are. Like we let me sort. Okay, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. guys aren't, so that helps and is, keeps is them in. Soto in-house. not representing. Isn't he Dominican Republic? He might be. I, I, don't, I don't remember. Just those are the names that came to my mind as to who's representing the Phillies in the World Baseball Classic, which should be great. Can't wait to watch. So hopefully the U.S. can go out and uh, bring home the title this year. Yeah, it's going to be a really good one. I mean, I think that I'd love to see the U.S. make a move, but, I mean, there's there's some serious talent. Like, I mean, the Dominican team is led by Juan Soto, Manny Machado, I mean, there's a, let's see, hold on. In the U.S., they're not going to have Kershaw or uh, Nestor Cortez. Both those guys are dealing with some injuries and Uh, aren't going to be a part of the roster. Uh, Greg Soto is in the bullpen for for the Dominican Republic. Okay, let's hope he gets off to a great start there and carries over into the regular season for the But either way, you know, uh, we just, just in our last episode talked about the Miracle on Ice, the USA team, and how... That brings people together. I'm hoping we can do, they can do the same with this with the World Baseball Classic. A little USA, USA. But, you know, we're watching Turner. We're watching we're watching Real Mudo. We're watching our guys uh, in, in the end. But either way, it's going to be a great time. At the end of the day, though, all I care about is all the guys come back healthy. Yep. Last thing you'll do is see, like, some sort of really bad injury happen during one of those games. Listen, if the U.S. loses but Trey Turner and JT – Trey and JT – 
just look and and Schwarber just look amazing. That's fine with me. And I think it'll give us an, somewhat of an advantage because you're going to be see high level pitching like right out the gate. Oh yeah. Where like spring training, you might see a guy for an inning, you get a couple at best, but then you're seeing like minor league guys who are trying to make a name for themselves or trying to make the roster. Yeah. Oh yeah. You get to face all the top guys across the world like that. Oh That's yeah. To bode well for for you when you get into regular season at bats. Yeah, I think we are in for a lot of fun. Um, we got a great baseball season ahead of us. There's obviously so much more baseball that can be talked, but obviously here we're talking Phillies. Um, Tom, it's been great catching up with you on this Phillies uh, preseason special. I know we will talk lots of Phillies baseball this year, uh, either on the podcast or off, um, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so am I. I can't wait for opening day uh, down at the bank. April 6th, hoping to get down there. Hopefully you can join. I hope That's so. It. Go Phils. I hope so. Let's go Phillies. We'll see you next week.